Well, first it was Optus, now it's Medibank, with the hacking of almost 10 million Australian personal details and in some cases their medical records too. Now, cyber criminals continue to drip feed stolen Medibank customer data on the dark web in a move experts say appears to be designed to incite fear. Now, on the line to try and make sense of all of this is IT guru and host of Nine Radio's Life and Technology, heard on Saturday mornings, Charlie Brown. So, first of all, Charlie, how's this been able to happen? Does corporate Great. Australia have adequate cyber security systems in place? Yeah, great to be with you. The, the short answer to that question is um, adequate is a very fuzzy word in the area of digital security because um, at, at one point in time, what you have might be adequate, but then as you fast forward a year or two, the the people whose sole job it is to try and get around these security systems that are put in place find new ways of of achieving what it is that they want to achieve, so you've got um, you've got IT departments and 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 um, very specialist people working in this field consistently needing to review their systems and processes to try and keep this data safe. The the, the sad thing is that the area of cyber crime has not just it's just not not just evolved over the last six or twelve months. It's actually been developing quite easily for the last 20 or 30 years. The issue is that um, that the people involved in it are getting better at it. They're getting better at um, at getting around these, these walls that are put in place, but also they're getting better at tricking everyday people into handing over the information that they need to go off and commit these crimes. Um, do you reckon Medivank should have folded and paid the ransom to these criminals? Never uh, should a ransom be paid because, unfortunately, it what it does is it completes the circular cycle that then encourages more and more people to get involved. It was only it was about 15 years ago, I think, that I was actually in California sitting in front of the... Um, the cyber crime team of the FBI and they were telling me about how they have to go about catching criminals in this space and how complicated it is. I mean, once upon a time, if, if, if the police are, are, are catching criminals who have stolen goods, for example, they, you know, they might surround the house or the warehouse or wherever it is where the, where the criminals and the goods are located and, and they wait, and then they and then they you know kick the door in, and they go and make their arrests. Well, in this industry, the criminals are spread all over the world, yeah. so they need to coordinate with different departments in different countries. And sadly, some countries aren't interested in uh, supporting that coordination yeah. because the economy makes money out of the payment of these kinds of ransoms. So the less we pay the better it is overall for everybody. So do we know who the criminals are behind this Medibank hack? Yeah, so it um, it's not... These things don't happen in isolation. When when these um, events occur, quite often there are little, little giveaways as to what organisation or what individual might be the ones that are, that are committing these crimes because the, you don't just sort of um, start committing crimes on a Monday 
and then on Wednesday you've you've ripped off a database of ten to twenty million people and start threatening to to release them on the dark web uh, unless you get paid a ransom. These uh, these people or organisations are out there for quite some time, and the authorities are watching and looking ongoing. And so when an event occurs and and they can follow certain behaviours, certain um, digital fingerprints, if you like, quite often they have a good idea as to who it is. Proving it is another thing, but they have a good idea as to who it is, where it's coming from, um, and 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 you know, and who is who are the people that are, are committing these crimes? Yeah. They don't often tell us all they know or the detail around what they right. know because why would they? Their, their, their interest is in catching yeah. criminals, not informing the public of yeah. um, the speed at which they're going yeah. about. Now, mate, I'm already into 17-letter passwords and this and that and the mm. other phones. Mm. Um, is there anything on a personal level we can do to protect our personal data? So um, a couple of things with Medibank. Um, the database was, was breached. It was stolen. Um, there was nothing that an individual customer or an individual could have done to protect um, themselves in that instance. When we see um, instances of cybercrime where they've stolen your identity, for example, um, or they've accessed your bank account and they are trying to shift money out of your bank account, um, I'll give you an example of of how to reduce the instance of that. Firstly, your bank account um, access should have an individual password that is difficult for somebody to, 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 to steal, to think up, to guess, for example. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, and the banks are all doing this now, they have a what we call two-factor authentication, which goes and provides a second gate or a second fence that has to be jumped over to go and action the transfer of money or the whatever action it is that you're wanting to do that involves money or adding of somebody that you're going to pay a bill or something like that. And by you having that activated, and having both ends of that process secure, um, you're basically reducing down to almost nothing the instance of this being able to happen. Now, I said both ends of that secure. So, the, so one end is the good password on your internet banking, and the second end is a good password or a good PIN on the device where that secondary level of authentication is going to. So a good PIN or a good password on your phone, because as most of us get that SMS or that alert through the banking app onto our yeah. phone. So if you have both of those um, lined up and secured, then, then you're really reducing it down to almost nothing. And, and that's how you're protecting yourself. And just on that, I'm noticing, and this has been happening for the last year or two, the banks are becoming less quick to jump into the will save you camp of the customer yes. if your money gets stolen. Yes. They're, they're making it more and more harder and the length of time is getting longer to get so your money get back. Your and money we, back. Will, we will get to the point where the banks will say, well, you know, no, you made the mistake and unfortunately yeah. we're not, we're not, we're not mate, repaying. We hear about the dark web all the time. What is yeah. it? Okay, so the dark web is just a, when you go on the internet, um, you open a browser, Firefox or Chrome or whatever it is, that searches the World Wide Web, the network of websites that we use um, to, to internet bank or to social media or whatever it is, right? That's, what, that's, that's an area of the internet. Email is another area of the internet. 
So the dark web is just another area of the internet and you use a particular program to access it. So you don't use your web browser or your email client. You use a, 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 another program, which I obviously won't give the detail on because I don't want anyone else to go on there, but you use that program and you start looking around various addresses on the mm-hmm. dark web. The difference with the dark web is that it is very hard to identify people and to track mm-hmm. them if they don't want to be. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and on its own, it's totally fine, right? It, it's totally fine for the dark web. However, because of the nature of it, we get lots and lots of criminals going on there and they're selling things that are illegal and uh, they're conducting activities yeah. that are illegal and, as and well. Mate, um, what is this encryption thing? You know where they yeah. say encrypted at both ends. Is that safe? Yeah, it is. Um, it, it is as long as <laughs> one party doesn't have the decryption uh, code which um, releases it. I'll give you an example of, of where it's fine, but then it's not. So we encrypt our databases, right? So our database is encrypted um, and you can't read what's on there unless you're able to decrypt it. Well, that might be fine. That encryption code and the method in which it's encrypted might be fine today, but jump forward five years or 10 years, well, the decryption utilities that are available and the computer systems running them might be so good that all of a sudden they're able to access those databases and decrypt them in three months worth of processing versus 10 years of processing, which we're at at the moment. And that's why when a website is hacked 10 years ago, for example, the database is stolen, you're totally fine, okay, you're okay for now. Fast four to five years, six years, seven years, and all of a sudden the technology becomes available to decrypt yeah. that database. And that's why we say to everyone, have a different password for the different websites that you go to. So if that database that your details were on was stolen and then you, you, your email address and your password were decrypted and, and, and available to the criminal, they're not going to access any other websites of yours because the passwords are different. What, what I do, people... Kind of, I get emails and all these sorts of things, and mm. somebody, an IT guy, will say, "Don't go there; it's a scammer." You know, don't yeah, go yeah. there. What yeah. What are the signs? Yeah, so it's just getting harder to, to pick them because uh, <laughs> once upon a time the English was bad, the grammar was bad. Um, often they made no sense. Now they're getting they're, they're picky being, picky backing off events that are going on in the community. Um, and trying to engage you by by tagging off those events. So when there's the Optus breach, for example, they said, click here to make your data safe. And they sent that out on SMSs and emails and trying to get you to, to, to engage with it. Um, to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of clicking on that email link or that WhatsApp or that SMS, you can use internet security programs that in the 80s and 90s, they're all about viruses. Today, they're about protecting you across a whole range of different areas, one of which is not falling for what the, we call phishing scams, which is what you're talking about. Um, I got an SMS yesterday about um, saying that I hadn't paid a toll uh, when I traveled on a freeway and I needed to click here and pay the toll before I was charged an extra fee. Now, my phone because I had internet security on it, wouldn't let me open that SMS. It had already um, put it into a special area uh, that, that, and it was warning me, don't, don't click on this, um, because it knew that it was a scam. Yeah. It knew. Yeah. 
In now, other words, you, get all the security you can around you. Well, your that's what stuff. you can do. It costs you a few dollars, sure, but how much money can you save by by yeah. shopping online and, and organising your life online, communicating with people online? You can save a lot of money, but you're going to have to pay a little bit as well just to keep yeah. yourself that bit safe. Charlie, thanks for taking time out and on a Sunday night to talk to us poor Techna, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. You've scared the daylights out of all of us, mate. God bless you, and thanks for talking to us tonight. My absolute pleasure, and uh, great show, and, 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 and keep it up. You guys do Thank a great you, job.